Well, if you have your Bibles with you, it's just a short passage of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, as the passage of Scripture we'll read. If you're a visitor today, I want to say welcome, so great to have you here in the house of the Lord, and uh, please drop by the white table on your way out, and we have a little gift just for uh, being here in church, and uh, just uh, be able to say hello, and let's all stay after the service and uh, have a little snack on us today. And uh, we'd like to have those fellowship times as well. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Father, I just pray your blessing over your word here today and that, Lord, it will touch all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I've been kind of working on this message uh, a couple of different times. Uh, We were going to have more people baptized today, and then they got changed to Wednesday, which is fine. So I started out as a devotional, and then I said, oh, this can't be a devotional now because there's not as many being baptized. And so kind of reworking this message here this morning, but still the same message, whether it's a shorter or longer one. And I'd like to just, uh, you know, share from this passage uh, here in First Thessalonians, and if you know the Bible any at all, if you come to First and Second Thessalonians, uh, they're, they're, they're books that talk about the coming of the Lord, and they're books that talks about some things that you know we need to be doing or that we need to be ready uh, for that coming. And, and so I want to just talk about a few things there that speak to us about God's will for us and view of the coming of the Lord. So, as we said, uh, First and Second Thessalonians, they talk a lot about end times and talk about the return of Christ. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ will return to the earth in physical form, be very similar to his ascension as he rose up in the air. We'll also see him come in the clouds of the air. The Bible puts it this way in First Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord and the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. And so when we talk about the return of Christ, you know, that should be something Uh, that we long for, something that we should be ready for, something that we should love, uh, appreciate. Uh, Sometimes when you talk about the coming of the Lord, people get all fearful and scared and and terrified. And that should not be. You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be terrified unless you're not ready to meet the Lord. And if you're not ready to meet the Lord, you can be ready today. You can be ready in a moment. You can just simply cry out to the Lord and, and, and repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your life and profess that you're now believing in him. And so you can start that easy. And, and so that's something that's very important. And as you will see those folks being baptized today, they've made that decision. I've made that decision to turn my life over to God. Uh, I've made that decision uh, to put Jesus into my life and to profess him as my Lord and my Savior. You know, and as we think of this return of Christ, you know, the Bible says you're to live for him as if Jesus was coming today. And I think if we would apply that, it would really help us in our Christian walk. Matthew 24, 44 says, you also must be ready all the time. 
for the Son of Man will come when least expected. See, we can be aware of our proximity of when Jesus may return, but you will not know the exact moment or time. And so Jesus tells us, be ready. Be ready, because you don't know. So serve Jesus today as if today you're going to meet him. That's an important thing to remember. And, and, you know, sometimes we can become rather casual about the things of God and where we kind of lessen that priority about serving God and being ready. And, you know, it's very important because God talks about, listen, this is something you need to be ready for. This is not something, you know, to be treated casually that, you know, oh, well, you know, I made a profession at one time and, you know, that should be good. You know, my parents went to church, that should be good. Uh, No, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. Now, First and Second Thessalonians also addresses the issues of lifestyle, talking about right behavior, talking about our readiness uh, for that day, and, and encouraging us, now, don't let this day catch you unaware. Because the Bible says it will come like a thief in the night. And so we're to stay alert. We're to be on guard. We're to serve the Lord, avoiding the, the behaviors that are wrong or questionable. Now, concerning end times, we're also be aware that there'll be a great rebellion against the things of God, a falling away, evil being considered good and good being considered evil. I don't know about you, but have you looked around of late to see what's happening in your world? It seems like a lot of those things are already happening. It also talks about a rising of an antichrist uh, that will do the work of Satan and deceive people to turn away from the faith in Jesus Christ. And yet in all of this, the Bible mentions these things that we might stand firm, that we might hold to our faith, that we might uh, be that witness for Christ. We're to be strong. It's not a time to lessen your faith. It's a time to quicken your faith and pursue your faith even more. Because as it comes to the end times, we really need to be gathering together more, not less. And if we look at our society today, we're seeing that in churches that we're gathering less and not more. And yet when we look at the signs of the times, they're all around us. And the Bible is saying we should be gathering together. Hebrews 10, 25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, there are many things as Christians that we really need to be focusing on as we recognize that Jesus is coming back. Now, obviously, we don't have the time to look at all those areas, but I do want to take a few, uh, look at a few areas this morning that the Bible is telling, this is God's will for you, that during this time, during this season, when you're recognizing that, you know, the end times are coming into fulfillment, there are certain characteristics that we're to be portraying as Christians that become important. Now, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but our behavior is to shine. You know, we're not to be responding like the world. As we look at all the responses of the world, our response is not to be like that. And our response is to be in such a way that would draw people to look at us and say, there's something different about you, and that it would draw them to Christ. See, our lives are being marked by qualities that the world may not be expecting. But as we do that, that then also draws them to see that, you know what, Jesus is obviously making a difference in that person's life, and I want 
what they have. And so, while we could talk about many ways that we should be different, I'm just going to look at three this morning, uh, three very short ones. And it talks about being joyful, being prayerful, and being thankful. So in this season of end-time events that you see happening around the world, God is saying, my will for you as Christian people is to be joyful, to be prayerful, and to be thankful. And so that first area of God's will for our lives in this season is to be joyful. We as Christians are to be noted as joyful people. We're to be happy, upbeat, glad, having a joy in our lives that is noticeable to the people around us, and especially in trying times. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, always be joyful. Christians are to have a different perspective in life and are to respond differently than the world around them, living in such a way that it will cause others to wonder and take note of our lifestyle and ask us, like, how come you're different? How come you're not responding like I see everybody else responding? Why is there a joy that I see in you when things are going crazy in our world? Well, that's what Jesus is telling us. I want to see a joy in you. A joy is going to minister to the people of our world that's going to cause them to, to, to see and to realize that Jesus Christ does make a difference in our lives. You know, as Christians, we should be joyful always. That can be kind of hard at times, but that's what the Bible is telling us as Christian people, that's what should mark our lives. We should be joyful people, happy people, striving to rise above the normal circumstances that get people down or get people discouraged and to be joyful. Now, again, that's really easy to say, not so easy to do all the time. So we need to work at being joyful. Uh, it does require effort on our part. But we also need to remember that there's help in this area and that God wants to help us to have a joy that is deep down inside of us that, that's not you know, uh, determined by our efforts or by what's happening around us. See, there's an empowerment, an anointing, an impartation that comes from God that helps us to be joyful. So it's not just ourselves, you know, working really hard to say, you know, i got to keep that joyful attitude. It's a joy that comes from deep inside of us. When we open our hearts to Jesus Christ, there's a joy that comes inside of us that is far greater than any joy that this world can offer us. And sometimes we forget that. And we start looking to the things of the world to fulfill and bring a joy to us. And, and there's lots of things that we can do in this world that do bring joy to us. They're fun. They make us happy, and we enjoy those things. But they soon fade away. But Jesus is telling us, I have a joy to give you that is lasting, that won't fade away. And that's what he wants us to have. That's what he wants us to show to the people of our world, that there's a joy inside of us that comes from the Holy Spirit that helps us to be joyous even in every circumstance. 1 Thessalonians 5 um, uh, 1 verses 5 to 7 says, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you by the way we live when we were with you. So you receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite 
of the severe suffering it brought you. And this way you imitated both us and the Lord. And as a result, you became an example to all the believers in Greece, wrote both Macedonia and Archaea. There is a joy that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a joy that is greater than a natural joy as it comes from God through the Holy Spirit. And so that gets imparted to you. And that's something you want to keep. We should be praying that and welcoming, you know, more of you, Holy Spirit. I want more of you. I want more of you, Jesus, in my life. I want this joy to become even greater. I want this joy to become even stronger because there will be circumstances that you will face that will take you, they will hit you hard, and they will try to rob you of your joy. And so that should be something that, Lord, I need your joy. I want your joy. Come touch me. Come fill me again with your joy. And that joy can be a lasting joy, a fulfilling joy, a sustaining joy. Uh, And that's what God wants to see in our lives. He wants to impart to you a joy that's going to carry you through these seasons. And as we go, you know, in the season that we're living in there, there's a lot of questions that we all have and we're wondering about and what's going to happen, what's going to take place. You can have a joy in the midst of all that through Jesus Christ. Now, we also realize that as we have this joy in the Lord, on the other side, we have an enemy who wants to rob you of the joy. And so he likes to bring along things, circumstances, trials, temptations, attacks, trying to get the better of us so that we lose our joy. You need to remember something. You know, sometimes life does get to us. Sometimes the trials we go through can be very hard, and you know, we, we do. We lose the joy. That joy kind of is gone, and we're having a hard time of getting it back. And you need to realize you can get it back. God wants to fill you with that joy again. And so if you lost your joy because of some circumstance, some situation that was very difficult or very hard, you need to realize that the Lord wants to restore your joy today. You know, I think of the uh, King David. And, you know, as you look at this man, he, he was a man after God's heart. But at the same time, he was a human being and he failed quite a bit, actually. But I like one of his prayers, Psalm 51. I like the whole psalm, but I'm not going to read the whole psalm. But just verses 11 and 12 says, Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. I really believe God wants us to have joy at this time. It may not be the thing that you're seeing in the world right now. A lot of people are still, they're not happy we got wars that are going on in our world today. There's a lot of people that hate one another. Man, there's a lot of things going on in our world right now that are not good. But Jesus is saying, I want you as Christians to be joyful people. Even in the midst of severe persecution, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of wars that are taking place. You might remember that young girl that was here that Steve Herxot brought from Ukraine. And uh, her, her parents were still back there. They still had a, a church that was still operating. They were helping people, but it was in the war zone. And do you remember as she stood up here and she testified and then she prayed for you? There was a joy in that girl. There was a joy, and you would look at that in the natural state, like, how can that be? 
because there's a joy that comes from deep inside by the power of the Holy Spirit when we open our hearts to Jesus. And so I think the Lord's just saying to us, get your focus back on me. Look to him because he wants you to express a joy in your life. That when people look at you, you know, they, they're not going to see that you're, you know, you're, you're afraid or, or that you're all caught up in all the things that are going on and you're all nervous and upset. No, God wants the, you to be full of joy. That when they look at you, they'll be just amazed and say, I, I don't understand. How you, can you be joyful in such a time as this? Well, I can be because I have Jesus inside of me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And that's how I can be joyful even in the midst of trials and tribulations. Second area of God's will for our lives in this season is to be prayerful. Spending time with God, talking with God, drawing closer to God, calling on him uh, for our needs and for the needs that are happening in our world. What should be our response right now as we see these wars that are happening? We need to be praying. Christians, we need to be praying. Our opinions, they don't matter. They're not going to change the war any bit anyway. But your prayers can. Your prayers can. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, never stop praying. It's really important for us as Christians that we keep up that daily time with God. And especially as we see end-time events happening around us, it's not a time to slacken off your prayer life. Man, it's a time to get real serious about your prayer life. Jesus, uh, as we look to the Bible, we see that he prayed earnestly, regularly. And when there was a big trial, what did he always do before the big trial? He prayed. He sought the Lord. And, you know, pretty obvious, if the Son of God, Jesus, needed to pray, how much more? Do we need to be praying at this time? And all through the scripture, we are taught to continue to be prayerful. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Rejoice that yeah, Jesus one day is coming back. Rejoice in that. But in the meantime, be patient in the trouble that happens and keep on praying. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourself to prayer with alert mind and a thankful heart. You know, praying consistently should be a normal practice really for all of us. In fact, it should be something that we devote ourselves to. We make it a priority in our lives. And if we're really honest today, you know, we're, we're, just, finding, we're just being too busy. We really are. And it kind of makes me wonder, especially as adults, I wonder, I'm starting to wonder, God, what would happen if you start to move on the children? Because as adults, sometimes we get so busy with activities for ourselves and activities for our kids. Are we missing out of what God is trying to say to us right now? We need that time of prayer. We need to be chasing that time of prayer. Increase it. Raise it up. Uh, we just came from a conference. Rise up. And that's what it was talking about a lot in all those areas of our Christian faith. Rise up. Don't be sitting back, but rise up to the challenge. God is calling us to pray. Increase it. Raise it up. You know, in the Bible, we, we see that, you know, prayer is mentioned so many times. Ephesians 6, 18 talks about, you know, how the enemy can come against us and, and all the powers of hell can come against us. But there's some th armor that you can put on that helps you to stand against all the attacks of the enemy. 
And it concludes with this. It says in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Prayer is what's important. We need to be persistent. Keep on praying. Keep on calling out to the Lord. Our response in this season as people of this world would look to us. They should be seeing as Christians that we're praying. That we're praying. They need to see that. That as they look to us that we're people who will pray. We're people that are interceding on behalf of all the situations that are taking on around us and in our world today. We need to be prayerful people. Then lastly, we need to be thankful. God wants us to be a thankful people, people that appreciate and are filled with gratitude in all areas, whether it be to God, whether it's to people around us, whether it be things that are going on in our lives or what we have. You know, so often we always focus on what we don't have, and we really need to go back to focusing on what we do have and start being thankful for what we do have and what God has done in our life already. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God wants us to have a different perspective than that of the world. When the world is complaining, when the world is arguing, when the world is fighting against one another, Jesus is saying, I want you to be thankful. I, I, I want, as people look to you as Christians, that they're going to see that you're thankful. Something that's totally different from what the world has experienced you're doing. Now, of course, uh, how can you be thankful at all times? Again, it's that relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have a relationship with Jesus, and he's inside of you, and he's working inside of you, it's amazing how you can be thankful even when you go through the most terrible things. You're not thankful that you know, the terrible thing happened to you, but you can see things that are around you that you still can be thankful even though you're going through something that's difficult. It's a perspective thing. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it describes it this way. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong and the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The only way you're going to overflow with thankfulness is you get close to your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. That relationship with Jesus really does make a difference in your life. And and that's something, you know, we're we're going to have a baptism here shortly. And as you see those people being baptized, you know, why do they want to be baptized? Well, there's some thankfulness that's inside them right now. And they've experienced Jesus in their life. And, you know, they would just, you know what? The Lord tells me I should be baptized. I'm going to do that because I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. And I don't want to show to the world that I love Jesus and I'm going to serve Jesus. Interesting as well when you look at thankfulness, how it's also connected to prayer. Everything gets connected in the Bible. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then look what happens. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So when terror, disaster, conflict rules a day, 
God's people can be strong because they're praying, because they're seeking him, because there's a spirit of thankfulness that is inside of them. And let me tell you, if we would do those things, it will get the world's attention. Because right now the world is not thankful right now. People in our world, they, they are not thankful. We're all out there pursuing that what's best for me. Why don't we start pursuing thankfulness? Thankfulness. How is that possible? It's possible through a relationship with Jesus. Just get close to him. Get closer to him. Welcome him more in your life. That that spirit of thankfulness will begin to flow out of your life.